My name is Angela Cox and I am the Mindset Mentor and this is the Mindset Mentor Meets Podcast. Now my aim is to discover and share the secrets of success. You'll hear engaging and uplifting interviews with business leaders at the top of their game, all primed to deliver bucketfuls of value and inspiration. We'll bring practical tips, success strategies and golden nuggets of motivation to help you unleash your absolute potential. Now, please do like, share and leave a review if you love this podcast. It really does help others to find us. Thanks for listening and let's jump in now and meet this week's fabulous guest. My guest today is Emma Dark. Now, she is the Customer Operations Director at ASOS. Emma has a wealth of experience in retail and service and has held senior roles with the White Company and Addison Lee, to name a few. I think that she is bursting with energy and it's always a real pleasure to talk to her. So I'm really looking forward to today. Emma, how are you this afternoon? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, really good. Um, Kind of mixed feelings about the lockdown, but feeling positive, good to get some more exercise in and just to see my husband who's normally travelling around. So yeah, feeling good. Looking forward to talking to you again, Hansa. So we're recording this. It's about week six, I think, of lockdown um, while we're talking now. And and there's lots of upsides, as you say, isn't there, in terms of being able to have a bit more time, a bit more connectivity with our loved ones. And, and it's nice to kind of focus on that, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we're going to get you right in the mood for celebrating success straight off the bat, um, because I like to do this thing called the shake your pom-poms moment. And that's all about you being able to be your own cheerleader and share with us, if you don't mind, your three proudest moments. Okay, where to start? So I think I'll start with About 13 years ago, I was in my mid-20s then, show my age now, when I established um, a limited company. It was called Guest Limited. It was an off-the-shelf name. There was no other logic in it other than that. Um, I'd met someone whilst I was at NTL, and they said to me, you know what, you've got great skill set. You've got great energy about you. Why don't you just go on your own? And I remember thinking, me? I was living back in Wales at the time. And I just couldn't believe it. I just thought, well, how, how do I even go about doing that? So so anyway, I did set up a limited company. And basically, it was, it was in order to provide, as we called it back then, consultancy services. Didn't really know what I was getting into. Um, but I did it for just under four years. And, you know, looking back now, crikey, I was really brave in my 20s. I'm probably feel like I was braver then than I am now because I didn't think twice about it really Um, and I loved it it was just fantastic to you know the kind of earning capability the exposure to all of the different brands that I worked with just that feeling of in in one sense just being one step ahead of the project that you were working on I was kind of having to learn and act in such a fast way I really proved to myself actually you know how how resilient I could be through all of that so so that's definitely one of my proudest moments and circumstances change I moved to London 
and kind of uh, got back into to the front line. But that definitely is something that I really cherish in my career and it's something that I feel matured me for what followed afterwards, really. Um, and sometimes, you know, when I talk to people and it's not very often you go that far back and I remind myself about that achievement, it's almost as if it wasn't me. It's almost as if it was someone <laughs> else. So, yeah, so that that's definitely one of them. I suppose the next one is a bit of an odd one, really. I'm going to go for um, personal achievement. So about 10 years ago, I was attested, which means you get a warrant card as a special constable for Metropolitan Police. Wow. I was a hobby bobby, um, a bit (laughs) random. It's the only way at the minute you can get into the Metropolitan Police. But yeah, I did six months training every weekend. And then as I said, I got, you know, got attested, which means you kind of you, you kind of pass out as being a certified special constable and I did that for just under three years and it was just the best feeling ever it was really hard um in lots of ways because I was working full-time and this was something in my spare time but a lot of blue blood in the family should we say so um, a lot of relatives that have done it and it's something I've been fascinated with for a long time so I took the opportunity I worked in the Twickenham Borough and it was just the most scary and rewarding privilege, I would say, that I had for those three years. You get involved in so many things that you just, you know, life doesn't throw at you day in, day out, really. And there were moments that I felt proud. There were moments when I was petrified. I and moments I felt overwhelmed, really, uh, a sense of responsibility in terms of not knowing what you were going to deal with you know so yeah that that was good fun and you know just kind of working those army and navy days in Twickenham Borough um, and dealing with all of those uh, drunkards <laughs> and to keep the peace and to, to you know to kind of really feel like you know you're protecting people and getting involved in things that like I said are not day-to-day and typical so that goes down as number two I would say and then my last one, I've, I've probably got more than this, but, you know, you asked for three pom-poms. Um, so, <laughs> so my third one will be when I run my first marathon in Galway, Ireland in 2018. I am a runner anyway. However, the reason why this is, there's a couple of reasons why I'm really proud of this. I'd never gone past a half marathon and the distance petrified me. Um, so psychologically, I didn't know how I was going to be able to break that barrier because my legs seemed to stop working at 13 miles. <laughs> literally. <That's a> <laughs> <laughs> so I um, so and the reason that I did it, I lost a, a dear friend suddenly. So the circumstances were quite sad. And he left behind two very dear children, Megan and Matthew. Oh. And so I made the decision that I wanted to to run to raise money for those but you know those two are so so dear to me and I thought actually you know what better way of doing it other than overcoming a personal barrier around you know how I felt I'd be you know I didn't think I'd be capable of running this marathon for a start so um so yeah so that was a proud moment I I I wasn't sure how I was going to get through it for several reasons the physical side of it but also just emotionally because it meant so much to me I just thought that on the day I might just bottle it in terms of just everything just being too overwhelming but I did it and actually I've gone on to do three since so I've got the bug some people say (laughs) do it once and never again so um so yeah I was really proud to be able to raise money to, to help towards the feature of 
you know, my 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 dear friends' children, but also just a personal achievement as well, you know, in lots of ways. So so those are my three. Wow, and what a three they are. I mean, the thing that's hitting me about what you've just said is that there's a kind of a demonstration of courage in all three of those. You know, setting up a business at that age with no fear, it seems, and you know, just this can do, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it happen. You know, joining the police, you know, albeit as a special constable, but you know, some of the things that you must have faced into there would have taken immense courage. And then you're putting your body through, you know, what is one of the most grueling physical activities that you can do. But also, you know, alongside the courage, the resilience as well. Yeah. And one of the things that we always explore in the podcast is kind of you know the the hardships the adversities that you've faced into along the way and and I always believe that resilience comes through from adversity and and the learning that we have when we face into tough stuff yep. um, so come can you talk a little bit more about some of the things that you've experienced and how that's made you stronger absolutely I guess all of my career and everything that I've I've kind of uh, set out to achieve in my career, I've always felt that I've really stretched myself. So I feel like from a, a really young age, you know, my mum said to me, you know, be the best version of yourself that you can be. You kind of go out there, you know, you give it your best shot, you give it 100 percent. Don't let anyone ever tell you that you're not good enough you know and you know you make sure that you believe in yourself so so that's always something that's really driven me I think throughout all of my career and and I would say you know along the way I've I've put myself in a position where I've done things that I I almost know are going to be out of my comfort zone yeah I've done it and anyway and and I've stretched myself so so I'll give a couple of examples so you know, in my within the last ten years, one of the roles um, I played was the general manager at uh, Soho House, and you know, I, I I remember meeting you know the the founder of Soho House and and having a bit of a coffee chat. Not sure where the conversation was going to go, but you know, he he you know asked me to come along and to set up a, a retail brand for him, also at home. <laughs> been he'd he'd found out about me through a friend that used to work with me in another in another business it was a very random interaction from start to finish but you know and he kind of asked me to to go in and and get involved in setting up this retail brand so he'd had this concept for for some time but no one could kind of get it get it off the starting block really so so off I went not really sure what I was letting myself in for and actually you know that was just you know one of the 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 best experiences and 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 equally the most kind of scary experiences because you know I, I had to remind him and myself that I I'd never set up a brand before and I'd you know not had all of the experience that it required to get this business up and running so that was from you know acquiring a warehouse to being responsible for looking after product developers you know to setting up and then getting involved in brand logos, you know, finding a studio to shoot these products, deciding how much we're going to charge for them, taking on merchandisers and, and, and really. And I, I just look back now and, and again, it's one of those things where, you know, I, it's almost surreal that it's something that, you know, I was part of, it still exists, it's still trading and it, and it's live and, and about today. But I just think throughout, throughout all of, all of my career, 
I've had some amazing mentors along the way. Mm. I've kept in touch with those people and I've utilized that kind of network to help give me strength to go on to do the next thing. And I think, you know, that was just one example of something I just took on in the last 10 years that, you know, was riddled with things that I could have stopped at any one time and said, enough, I can't do this. You know, you've got the wrong person for the job here. But actually, no, I just kept pushing through with those values and beliefs that, you know, I had and, and, you know, made sure that I didn't stop believing in myself and then others wouldn't stop believing in me either. And, you know, it's paid off. So, so definitely lots of challenges along the way, lots of amazing opportunities and just that constant strive of feeling brave and that I can Mm -hmm. do it has really uh, got me through it really. And it's nice to hear what you said about your mum and having that kind of role model and and that encourager because so many women that I speak to didn't have that from their mum and I don't think that was because their mum didn't want that for them but you know just the kind of the nature of the beast perhaps back in 70s and 80s we weren't as self-aware we weren't as informed as you know yeah. we as, as as parents and what have you are now and so to have that is really special yeah and that, that's obviously been a driver for you but what's really fascinating to hear is just how fearless you are because it's <laughs> rare actually in women to hear that so when you talk about you know I, I I see something I've not done it before but I just have this belief that I'm going to go out there and do it how do you do that good question <laughs> big question <laughs> Ian, if you can write a book on this one you are made <laughs> how do you do it I've I create a vision I suppose I I I take on things almost without necessarily knowing the outcome because that's not the vision I'm talking about it's just that almost the way I would describe it is that you know even with my eyes closed I can see something physical in the in the kind of horizon really and I use that as a bit of a target to believe that there's something there and and, and that I've got something to head towards I just dig deep, really dig deep in terms of that sense of, you know, and those and, you know, those words do really play out overtly in my head around you can do it. You can achieve this. You know, you don't need to have all of the answers, you know, be resourceful, you know, lean on people around you, enjoy it you know, see it as a sense of purpose and fulfillment. So I feel like I've got a lot of positive head talk um, yes. when I take off challenge. Don't get me wrong, I have just as much negative head talk that pops up along the way. But but I, I believe that, you know, I, I, I my head is full of, you know, genuine sense of I'm going to be able to do it. And, and I don't have all the answers at that point, but I just find myself along the way, that kind of positive head talk really helps carry me through. Yeah, so so I, I think it's about the belief, it's about the determination. And I, I wouldn't say I'm competitive, which probably sounds really odd from everything I've just described, but it, I, I, I'm not competitive. I think the drive is about, you know, acknowledging the opportunity that is in front of me and really feeling like I want to give it my best shot. I want to, and I'm proving it to myself, not anyone else as well. Yeah. You know, that, that's really important to me. It's not about... 
the kudos from others, albeit that's brilliant. And that makes me feel good. Clearly, we all want kudos from others. But actually, it's it's about self-belief and it's about proving yeah. it to myself. And, and that's that that is important to me. And that that drives me throughout any challenge I take on. And I think you've just you've just hit the nail on the head there in terms of you said, I don't need to know the outcome. I don't need to necessarily know how to do it because my experience working with people is they're fearing taking the step because they don't know how. But actually, it's about just leaping and doing it anyway and you'll figure it out once you're kind of in the bowl of spaghetti. You'll figure out how to to pull out each piece and and get through it. And so you're you you haven't got a clue how you're going to do it, but you just dive in. Yeah. And that's that courage piece, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I look back and I just think how 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 did that just happen and you know and I don't overthink it really. I reflect and learn from yeah. the things I've experienced, but actually I just I let it go and just look for the next challenge really it's amazing it's so refreshing to hear you saying it as you are and, and this idea of just having the courage feeling the fear doing it anyway having the self-talk all aligned drowning out the negative self-talk which we all have yeah. and and obviously it works and it, it really works for you because you've had a successful career so far and, and if we talk about what you do now um, let's talk a little bit about ASOS. Tell us about them, the, the role that you have, and and indeed how it's going on lockdown. <laughs> you know, it's it's going well on lockdown. We are a digital business. You know, um, obviously it's challenging out there at the minute for retail. It's challenging for us in lockdown because of all of the social distancing measures that we have to have for our employees, which is number one. We've had some fake news and quite a lot of negative press recently that we've had to overcome. But yeah, I'm I'm proud to work for ASOS. I would say, you know, it's a great business. I think even in the current climate, you know, the brand is very relevant to our 20-something customer still. And they are still shopping and they're still engaging with us. Um, and, and that's really positive. We've got everyone working from home and, you know, really proud that the business kind of stepped up to that quite quickly and reacted quickly mm. to, to enable that to happen. So my role at ASOS is very operational. So we have a high volume of customer interactions every week. Those interactions require fast responses because we are very digital in our approach. So we we're not your typical contact center of telephony. So at least 95% of what we do is, is in a digital space. And, and so my role is, is managing, very heavily managing the customer interaction and the, the high headcount that we have that sits behind those interactions globally. So we have half of our business in-house, albeit working from home, and then we have reliance on partners to, to deliver that global proposition. So, and that really has um, served us well, certainly in the current climate as well, because, you know, we aren't just one site and therefore all our eggs in one basket. Actually, it serves well having those partners out in the globe because we've been able to, you know, kind of stabilize the operation, not having everyone together so we can tap upon those resources in the different territories. So, um, so yeah, so my role is very people focused, motivating the troops, making sure that everyone knows what good looks like. It's making sure that we apply the right skill sets, what are the interactions that are coming in. It's high volume 
but both in terms of you know the headcount that we require to support the customer, but also around the interactions that we have mm-hmm. with our customers. So so yeah, it's a very people customer focused role that I'm doing now, and just love being in retail. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a really cool brand, and I'm I'm just loving learning how brave brands can be when talking to customers in the in the public domain as well. I think that. You know, we are really edgy and really brave. I would use that word again yeah. in terms of how we talk to customers. Um, and I just I just love that sense of fun and that sense of, you know, you can be who you want to be. I love that about the way that we talk and engage with our customers. So I've been with the business just coming up to a year now. So lots of change, lots of kind of move. <laughs> um, and we've had a lot of a change in our C-suite as well. So it's really nice to see all of that kind of coming together. And, you know, the, the next steps for us now, like like all businesses, is about what's what's what does normal look like post-COVID <laughs> and yeah. what how do we refresh our three-year plan to take us forward with that context in mind? Yeah. So really excited about getting involved in that as well. And and obviously with the role that you have and the numbers and the amount of people and everything else, I've, I've been in that scenario before, so I know what it feels like. There are days, I'm sure, where there is pressure, potentially stress. Um, yep. So I'm always keen to understand how leaders manage that for, for you as an individual, but also how do you help manage that with your teams as well? Yeah, sure thing. So I, I think in operational roles, there is a there's positive stress that is the buzz of it, right? So I think people that get into those types of environments love some form of, you know, you almost want something to rock to go wrong in an operation because then you can really put all of those kind of actions into place. So Probably so there's an <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So, you know, you, you care for what you wish for, but you do look for a bit of that energy to get that lifeblood in operation. So, so I think for me, I always try to think of the positives. So in any given situation, you know, no matter how much kind of is being pushed your way, whether that's too much on the plate, too many kind of deadlines landing at once, you know, unrealistic expectations from the finance guys about how you do things. Um, never. Never, no, <laughs> always. So I, I I, think that I keep a level head, easy to say, uh, but, you, you you know, you do have to keep grounded. I, I really think about context. So when, when I get it, when things start getting stressful, I really check in with myself around, right, you know, what are we dealing with here? You know, put some context around what's the worst that can happen. Uh-huh. And I ground myself with that straight off the bat, really. It's important to kind of say, right, you know, what's the worst that can go wrong? Because that really helps you with how you react to it and how you get your team to react to it. And, and often, you know, whilst there is always consequences, Often the worst that can happen isn't that bad and therefore it allows you to have more of a sense of calm even when you are working to those deadlines and you are really under pressure and it helps you really, you know, prioritise as well. So I think in those situations, it's about being the calm person. It's about, you know, asking the right questions. It's about forming a plan. It's about reaching out to be resourceful with all of those around you as to who you need to kind of get things done. Having constant self-awareness, so checking in with yourself a lot. So, you know, I've had coaching in the past around dealing with stress and 
it's looking out for those physical things in your body where you know you can just sense that things are getting to you and just and and stopping at that point to do something different so you don't allow it to spiral Uh, and I think it's around as well you know when you feel yourself getting stressed is that who are who can you reach out to in your network even if it's not internal to help kind of ground you a bit if you're if you're feeling uncertain about how to react in a situation or you're inexperienced with it or it's just you know someone might have dealt with it well before it's about leaning on people to to gain from that experience and and I would say as well not feeling vulnerable about feeling vulnerable (laughs) so you know and you know there's a lot of it's okay to be to, to not be okay batted around now but I I would say you know uh, again, through a coaching session I've had, it's around when you're feeling vulnerable or you are feeling stressed, don't worry about sharing that with people that you can trust in your network or people in your team. But because actually it's about making sure that, you know, acknowledging you need support sometimes as well. But, but also that def- opens up the dialogue for other people to say it's okay and, and actually I'm feeling it too. And you might not discover that as a leader if you're not open about your own vulnerability. Absolutely. Um, so it's being clear, communicating really well, and just making sure that you take control, but be kind to yourself in all of that as well. And and how do you be kind to yourself? So if you're thinking about your well-being, what are the steps that you take? Obviously, you've mentioned running um, to kind of look after you and your mindset. So I think it's about that start and stop with work. So just making sure you kind of create those boundaries. I love working. I think it's in my DNA. It's who I am and wouldn't wouldn't not want to work, honestly. Um, but I think I've definitely learned in latter years about having a good work-life balance. So switch. And, and it's hard when you're in senior positions because you never switch off, but it's about tuning out, really. So I create space in my personal time without the phones, without the noise, make sure that I have regular touch points with family and friends and you know, and not be too hard on myself about how frequent that is or how long it's for. It's just about having those touch points as well. That's a great um, point. Yeah. And I think, you know, just being outdoors is really important to me. And it's not about the fitness per se, but I, I recognise that being outside, no matter what the weather's doing, and just being in tune with with kind of nature really and the simple things mean a lot to me personally. So, you know, and and, and my husband and I do a lot of that um, because it, it just makes me feel that it declutters my mind and it kind of just simplifies things and makes me feel really grounded. I've got a habit every Sunday. We allow ourselves the the opportunity to just kind of read the Sunday papers and it's oh. habitual in a pub remember those days when you could go to a pub and read the Sunday papers that was nice (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) so definitely um blocking out time to do things that you know that are fun as well just you know in terms of having fun laughing you know that's Mm. really important that you know you don't take things too seriously that you know, you engage with people that can make you smile and make you laugh. And my brother is at the top of the list for being the person <laughs> to do that. But yeah, so I think all of those things, you know, just having fun, you know, just kind of taking time out and just allowing yourself to 
have a balance of everything mm. really eating well I mean I eat plenty of things I shouldn't but I think having a good diet yeah. um, is also really good because I think it really helps you with mindset and how much energy you've got um, and I think it's important as a leader as well to you know how how you are and how you feel you know mentally and the way that you come across to your team you know you need to be a role model in all of those things as well and you know if people ask me what I've done the weekend and I talk about some of the things we've done cycling walking you know reading pubs whatever whatever it is I feel like you know I want my team to to see the energy that I've got in my downtime to give them energy and I do feel that it pays off you know people will kind of say oh you inspired me to go and do that yeah. on the weekend so, and I think that's really important as well what you do out of work should be as inspiring albeit that some of my hobbies might be boring to others you know you you've got to feel like it's really good for you when you get something out of it because I think that really kind of pays off when you're talking to your your, your team when you're a leader as well totally and you've got this ethos of taking good care of yourself in in all the different aspects of I guess the wheel of life really as we would look at it so that's always really refreshing to hear and I I suppose on that then if you were to roll back to you know the 14 year old version of you knowing everything that you know now what advice would you give to that younger version I would I would definitely say to make sure that you learn how to deal with difficult people that aren't on the same kind of wavelength and share the same values as you to toughen up to that situation really because I would say that's probably been one of the things along the way that has knocked my confidence or you know um perhaps been something I felt less prepared for along the way. So that really positive sense of belief, you can do anything, be the best version of yourself. I think, you know, mum set me off to have that great vision from from a young age and believe in yourself and don't let anyone tell you any different. But maybe I hadn't figured out well what I do do if someone does tell me different. Yes. And therefore actually they don't believe that you can do it or are quite negative generally about all of the things that you believe in and it's just you know I would I would definitely say that that's something I learned to deal with rather than feeling I was ready for it the first time that individual comes into your life and actually pops your balloon and suddenly you're so (laughs) deflated and you feel like you can't do anything. So, um, so yeah, that's that's the advice. Just be prepared for that person that isn't going to be have the same same values as you, and just mm. you know set yourself with how you cope with that positively, so it doesn't impact you negatively. Yeah, that's such a great point. And there's something about knowing that that person or those types of people have a positive intent. So everything that they're saying and everything that they're doing, and actually, it's just that they share a different map of the world to the one that you have and think differently and and the things that are important to you aren't important to them and that's okay and it isn't a personal attack or a personal rejection it's such a huge lesson that and and you know if we were set up to understand that at school we'd have all had a much happier (laughs) 20s and 30s I'm sure well I mean everything that you've said today is just really inspirational there's so many nuggets in there that I know will help people particularly around this this essence of self-belief and feeling the fear and doing it anyway and we're at the point now where I'm going to put you under immense pressure Emma because we're going to play the five second game rule 
Okay. And so in this, you have just five seconds to give me three answers to these incredibly important questions. Oh Are you my. ready? I think so. <laughs> You're going to be great. Okay, Emma, in the five second game rule, can you give me the three most important things you take to a desert island? A book, my trainers, some music. <laughs> Perfect. What I loved about that was your face. Just as I asked that question, you were like, really? Is that a question? <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> I will do another one then, as you loved it so much. Are you ready? In the five-second game rule, can you give me three things that you would do to relax? A jigsaw puzzle, have a bath, go for a walk. Lovely. I am so loving that you said jigsaw puzzle. (laughs) I'm well into the jigsaw puzzles at the moment, Emma. My husband thinks I'm sad. (laughs) Other people probably think we both are. It's amazing. Like, so mindful I can lose myself in those thousand pieces and none of the world matters. So I'm loving that you share that with me. Thank you for making me feel normal. (laughs) You did very well with the five-second game rule, but the next question is the killer question. So we're back to the the tough stuff now. And this is the one that we ask all of the leaders on on these podcasts, and, and the answers have all been different. So I'm really keen to hear what you believe is the secret to success. Three? Have I got three to go? Oh, you can go for three. Go for it. So secret to success. I think that's about knowing, really being clear on your core values and what it is that, you know, you you bring to others, a situation and a team. So being really clear on what what's your kind of, you know, what have you got to give? So being really clear on, on what that looks like um, and, and, and keeping that vision really clear in your mind and your heart. I think staying humble, being grounded um, and surrounding yourself with good people as well. I think that is really important for, uh, for success. So that's having those mentors, but, you know, being around good people there you know, you believe in that, believe in you and, 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 you know, that, that's definitely served me well in my, in my career. And then I suppose my third one, have I restricted myself by three? You can have as many as you want. Many as I want. Okay. I think recognising how important people are in, in, in your own success and the success of others, you know, I would say that in, you know, the 25, years of my career I you know people has been fundamental in that and and just absolutely leveraging from all of the the team that you have amongst you the the network that you have amongst you around you I should say and 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 truly believing in people and nurturing people and and allowing yourself to be developed along the way as well and I guess is that it is that sense of belief, that sense of pride and belief in, you know, going after what you want. I think to be successful, you have to know that you're going to make mistakes, that you're not going to be perfect. But it's about believing in yourself and, you know, and, and rising to the challenge in front of you, really. And, and it's and I guess it's also around 
enjoying whatever it is you're doing whether that's success in your personal life or your professional life it's about just enjoying the journey and really being present along the way just to and you know I said humble earlier on but it is about being satisfied so having you know yes you want to strive you want to be on to the next thing and keep developing yourself but actually it's remembering to enjoy the moment and to be really satisfied about you know the presence because that's that's playing back to my point earlier about I would say that I'm not a competitive person it's not about the best and achieving and beating it's actually about giving it your everything uh, and that sense of personal achievement so so I would definitely say it's about being grateful for for what you have and success is about truly allowing yourself to to be in the moment of 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 what you've achieved however great or small as well and shaking those pom-poms before you move on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing yeah absolutely you know it's not about never I think to be successful you've got to be satisfied with whatever you know whatever situation you're in you know you need to always look for you know the good in you know in that day in that role in that you know, outcome of a project. Yes, it's about learning and developing, but you've 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 got to land. You've got to really make sure that you feel that sense of success in the moment. Because I think I see lots of people, whether it's within the running club I'm in or whether it's in career, you know, they see uh, you know, and everyone's got a different view on secret to success. But I would say that their view of success is is you know, always trying to be, always trying to be, always trying to be. And I think there's an element of that that's positive, but there's an element of that that takes the sense of achievement of way. Because if you if you don't reach a point in your own self where you understand where, you know, where the line is, then you will end up being the victim of your success mm-hmm. because actually then, you know, you end up, it ends up becoming a negative you use it against yourself rather than something that creates vision and and positive in life and and so yeah that's my over three over three but to summarize them you you've said basically that it's about really being knowing what you stand for you've said it's about valuing people surrounding yourself with those like-minded people that are positive who are going to lift you up and wrapping all of that around a a kind of value of humility and of being satisfied with with knowing that you are good enough and that it's okay to build on that yeah that's kind of how I would just summarize all of those wonderful points you've made oh Emma it's been a joy to speak to you today you Angela always smiling well you know you've got to smile haven't you you know spread a bit of joy but honestly it's just been so refreshing to hear particularly a woman who has this unrelenting belief even though some days might be tough and even though the the voice of self-doubt might sometimes bite you believe in yourself and it was instilled by your mum and I just think that is beautiful so thank you for coming on and for sharing all of your wisdom and um yeah I'm sure it will inspire and motivate many so you enjoy the rest of your day and uh, I'm sure I'll speak to you again thank you I do hope that you enjoyed listening to the mindset mentor meets podcast if you did be sure to check out the show notes to access all of those important links 
For more about me, visit my website at www.angela-cox.co.uk. Now, I'd really love it if you could subscribe to our channel so that you never miss an episode. And do leave us a five-star review because it really helps us to get noticed. Bye for now. I do hope that you'll tune in next week and take good care.